listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Mr. Ty, Nicolette, and Kyrie, we are here until midnight. Then there's Freddie Fitzsimmons on ESPN New York. Hello, Gordon Damer. How are you? Larry, what's going on, my friend? I got a little different setup tonight, so I'm hoping it sounds a little cleaner tonight. I don't know. Oh, so you've been tinkering. So, so been now tinkering. that you've had time yes. that you're not teaching the kids, right. you decide to be an engineer. Freed up my day. Look at this. Yeah. So Rodney Belazare can call on you now if there's a technical problem at the station. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> I think it's going to sound a little bit better tonight. It's not, not so echoey. Oh, okay, good. So you made yeah. some adjustments. Yes, made All some right. adjustments. Good job out of you. Excellent, excellent. So <laughs> what, what else have you been doing today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So what else have you been up to? Uh, today, we broke out the jigsaw puzzle, Larry. We got on the jigsaw oh. puzzle train, uh-huh. something to uh, keep the children's minds occupied. Uh-huh. And by occupied, I mean it was about, uh, I'd say maybe a good seven minutes before they said, this is too difficult, <laughs> the hell with this. And uh, Dad sat all day doing a jigsaw puzzle about dogs on a farm. <laughs> that was Tuesday. Dear Diary. Yeah, 49-year-old uh-huh. man is breaking into jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Damon had the wine again, right? <laughs> uh, she did. She had, she, had a, she had a little on the side. You know, you ever hear stories about people who later in life they find out they have these hidden talents that they didn't know they had the entire time? Yes, like you as a teacher. Yes. Me and jigsaw puzzles, that is not one of those That's examples. It. Terrible yeah. at it. Taking pieces, really? trying to push them into the spot. No, that has to fit there. Or, or else, right? Or right. else. It's fitting there or else. <laughs> and I'm going through the all the pieces. I'm like, clearly this piece does not exist. I'm looking for one piece. It does not exist. It's uh-huh. out of the they met they messed up in the shipping. They met somebody took it, so it's fallen on the ground. Somebody took it, the dog ate it, and then all of a sudden it's sitting right by my elbow. So are you are you from the school of this has to fit or else? Is that your school? Uh, this well, is going to fit know, this spot. Let me find the spot. This fit. Oh, you know what? See, there's 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 something wrong with the puzzle. It's not right. Let's forget ex- it and open ex- up another it's one. Not my, it can't be my fault, Larry. No, no, it, no. I no, mean, no, it no, can't no. be me that's to blame. It's the Absolutely. stupid jigsaw puzzle. There's no question about it. And all the dogs look at the you know a same kind of similar color. Yeah. <laughs> driving me nuts. It is. I know it is. I but know I made is, good but- progress. By the time the day, well, maybe I'll take a picture of it and tweet it out later. I think I made good progress today. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So is it almost done? Is it almost done? Uh, I would say maybe 20%. 20%, okay. 20%, right? All like, right. I thought I was going to have help. I wasn't planning yeah. on doing the 500-piece jigsaw puzzle by myself. <laughs> Although I have now found, you know, in, 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 a, in a roundabout way, if uh-huh. you want to be left alone by the people jigsaw in your puzzle. house, jigsaw just puzzle. sit at the jigsaw puzzle. Whether you're doing the jigsaw puzzle or not, uh-huh. They will leave you alone because they want no part of it whatsoever. So, in other words, you found a ray of sunshine in the cloudy <laughs> I did. Day. <laughs> I did. That jigsaw puzzle might never get solved. I might just start taking pieces out. <laughs> I'm making too much progress. I got to slow down. Exactly. So, the next time that uh, the honey-do list comes out, mm-hmm. I'll get to it as soon as I finish right. this jigsaw puzzle and right. we're good. I got to oh. find the basket of apples over here in the corner. <laughs> That's you gotta put this basket together. It's coming That's together, perfect. sweetie. That's it, it, it yeah. and we'll we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Yep. I yep. promise. Well, that's kind of the feeling that, you know, the Giant fans have, Gordon. Uh, will Gettleman get it done? That's what they want to know. And as we've talked about with him, 
he's in an interesting spot here because we know, and the Jets are in the same spot. They both need offensive line help. We know that. That's clear. The Giants also need, you know, a little linebacker help and corner help, and the Jets need receiver help and linebacker help and corner help and a couple of other things, too, that they could use. (laughs) What else you got on the list? Exactly. Well, listen – when you talk to, as you well know, Gordon, when you talk to talent evaluators, they tell you, you build your team from the line out, and every line should have should have a, if, if you're lucky, a Pro Bowl player. Just don't have that. So they've got a lot of work. They've got a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball, like a lot of teams in the NFL. But what we wanted to do on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM at Gordon Damer. We want to ask the Giant fans, what should the Giants do with the fourth pick in the draft? Should they draft defense? Should they draft offense? Or should they trade down? Now, you can also weigh in Giants and Jet fans on the phones, 1-800-919-3776. Now, Gordon, for the Giants, we know they need offensive line help, but this this Isaiah, this Isaiah Simmons linebacker name has been popping up over and over and over again for them. What, what, what's your sense that they're going to do? Um, well, I, we kind of talked about this last night. It seems like Isaiah Simmons is the, 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 uh, I guess the, 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 the buzz guy this year, right? Like he's the guy that's kind of, you know, all over the map. You know what the first pick is going to be. You know what the second pick is going to be. And then if you were just to speak about just sheer athletic ability, it seems like Isaiah Simmons might be the third guy on that list. Now, it doesn't look like the Lions are going to go that route, according to all these mock drafts. And I'll tell you, I'm knee-deep in mock drafts. I know you are. Every single day. Oh, I'm looking at them. And they're mocking you. I'm hailing them. I love them. (laughs) It seems like they're going to go with Akuda, the the cornerback. So Mm -hmm. if those three are off the board, when you really look at the draft, if that is the case, it really seems like the Giants are sitting very pretty here, and Dave Gettleman is sitting very pretty here with the fourth pick. Because, as you said, they have a desperate need for offensive line. They could certainly use a playmaking linebacker. When was the last time the Giants had a playmaking linebacker that they could have? LT? And they could also trade down. So, I mean, and if you're talking about what the real issues are for the Giants, it's not talent here or talent. They need talent in a lot of positions. Now, they, I think they're in a better position than the Jets are in terms of where they are in their rebuild mm-hmm. and 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 where they are sitting in the draft with the fourth pick as opposed to the eleventh. Mm-hmm. But all I think you could make a solid argument for any of the three directions that you could go. And it would seem like if you're talking defense, you're primarily talking Simmons. If you're talking offense, I think you're primarily talking offensive line. And then if you're trading down, I mean, that's kind of open to interpretation. Is it the Dolphins at five that are going to move up the spot? Is it the Raiders who have a couple of first-round picks? So that that's a little bit more open to interpretation. But it seems like you can you can really make an argument for any of the positions. I think at the end of the day... Isaiah Simmons, while he is a tantalizing prospect, mm-hmm. I think that the need of a position like offensive line is going to be the greater focus for Dave Gettleman. And as I said to you, I, I would be shocked if, if if the Giants stay at four, even if they move down, that they don't come out of that first round with an offensive lineman. Gordon, if I'm Dave Gettleman, and I'm not, but if I were Dave Gettleman, you know what I would do, right? No. I would trade down. Yeah. Well, I would I, trade down. I would absolutely. trade down. There's somebody that needs a, everybody needs a quarterback in the National Football League, Gordon. Everybody. And I know Miami's looking and it may not be Tua. 
All right. Mm-hmm. But Miami would love to have a quarterback. And are they guaranteed that their quarterback that they want is going to be that they draft fifth, right? They pick fifth? The Dolphins are fifth. Yeah, they're right yeah. behind the Giants. Okay, so and are then, they guaranteed that their quarterback that they want's going to be there? You're never guaranteed unless you you unless you're drafting number unless one. Unless you're on the clock, right? Yeah. So you're never guaranteed. So if if I'm Gettleman, I'm I'm at least listening. Okay, you got to give me something. He's he's in a he's in a position. He's in a rare. I'm not going to say a rare position because he was in. They were in this position a couple of years ago when they took Saquon Barkley, but they're in a position right now where they could make a move, Gordon, and and they could get who they want. And move down. I, I know he's never done it before, but you know, listen, they've never had a draft before where they've done it vir- by virtual, a virtual draft. So yeah, let, let's let, let's do everything for the first time. I would trade yeah. down. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm not telling you that that would. I mean, the way you hit bullseyes is to have more shots at the dartboard. And if yep. we are to if we are to look at the, the 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 numbers and look at the research. They will tell you that second round picks generally hit with about the same regularity as first round picks. So if I'm looking at a team like the Giants are, I've got my quarterback, I got my running back, I need help along the offensive line, I need a linebacker, I need corners, I mean, I need a lot of things on this team. Mm-hmm. I need to, now it depends on what the offer is. If there's, you know, the Raiders I think are like 12 and 25. That mm-hmm. might be too far to move down, even if you right. do have two picks, right? You want to, it's yep. not just about getting alignment, it's about getting a specific guy. Mm-hmm. But if you can either tempt the Chargers at six or mm-hmm. the Dolphins at five, move down one spot, get a second, a third round pick, whatever it would be, just to move down those extra couple of spots. Yep. To me, that makes all the sense in the world. And then you still get the guy you want. Exactly. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins are moving. If the Dolphins move up to four, they're not moving up to four to take an offensive lineman. Nope. If the Chargers move up from six to four, they're not taking an offensive lineman. Nope. So I think it makes all the sense in the world to, uh, to, to trade down with one of those two teams. It would make all the sense. Yep. That's what I would do. I mean, and, and you got to make it worth my while because I have a spot that you want. All right. Because if, and you play, and Gordon, you play them against each other. Yep. Okay. Miami's going to call you. The Chargers are going to call. Okay. Who do you want? No, no. Give, give, I want a two and a, I want a two. What, what else you have in the first round? Give me, give me something. Give, give, and because you're dealing from a position of strength, Gordon. This would be perfect for them. But we, we know through a track record that Dave Gettleman, he's just never done that before. And I don't understand why he's never done that before. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, it's crazy that this is a guy who has run drafts for two different organizations. And it's not that he's not just traded down in the first round. He has not traded down in any round ever. That is insane that that wouldn't happen. And I will say this. I don't, you know, I don't remember all of his picks with, um, with uh, Carolina, Carolina. Mm -hmm. but I, I would be hard pressed if the Tua buzz is real. Mm-hmm. That teams are not shying away from him because of the medical. If, if teams are still as interested in him as it seems that they are, mm-hmm. Dave Gettleman will never be in a better position to nope. trade down than this year. He has two teams directly behind him that both need quarterbacks. The yep. Chargers have Tyrod Taylor. The Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. There has mm-hmm. never been... Now, whether or not Dave Gettleman can convince one of those two teams, but he's got two. It's not like, you know, it would be one thing if the Chargers were the only, like, say the Dolphins weren't looking for a quarterback. I don't know, whatever, right? They already have their guy. 
Right. If they had to convince the Chargers to move up, well, then I guess it's kind of hard to convince the Chargers because you're not going to take them. The team behind you is not going to take them. So then he comes to us, and we don't have to give up anything. Mm-hmm. But you have two teams, at least two teams that we know of, yeah. that desperately need quarterbacks. As I said, the Raiders are another team that very well might need a quarterback. Uh, John Gruden loves his quarterbacks, and, sure and you does. have to think he lo- he would uh, be a guy who loves Tua. So uh, it would seem like they have at least two options there to be able to. And think back to the Saquon draft. Mm-hmm. You know, people floated at the time. You know what? Maybe it's better not to take the quarterback at two. It's better yep. not to take Saquon. Maybe trade down, and you can get a Quentin Nelson, or you can you know you can stockpile picks because whatever happens this draft, right? The Giants are not going to be a finished product. The Giants are not going to be a playoff contender coming up next year. It's still going to be a work in progress. And if I can get another pick next year, a third round, a second round pick to move down a couple of spots, I mean, that just makes all the sense in the world. And you probably get, you'd probably get more than just a a third round pick to move down a couple of spots. Absolutely. For, for a top flight quarterback in the National Football League, people Mm -hmm. looking for their franchise quarterback. Oh, no. And guess what, Gordon? You ask for more. Okay, because once again, you're in the position of power here. You've got the leverage. They want to move up. They want this kid. Even though he's had some injuries, Gordon, listen, you, you, you look at what he's been able to do at Alabama. His track record is not bad. He's not bad. Yeah. He's, he's played well there. Yeah. No, so, in terms of, if you can convince people that he is healthy, um, mm-hmm. then the, 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 the playing ability is not really in question. I mean, it's in question for everybody, right? There's sure. always guys yeah. that look like they're going to be great and then they just turn out to not to be. And Tua could certainly be that. Uh, who knows? I think the bigger question is, is there Health. teams out there that believe that he is not only healthy now, mm-hmm. but he will be able to stay healthy, which seems kind of hard for me to believe. I, you know, I'm on record as saying uh, if I were the Dolphins, if I were the Chargers, that's not a guy I would be investing my future in. Mm-hmm. But there are teams. He's going to get taken, right? He's, yes, absolutely. I don't think he's going to drop down to 15, 16 and still be around. I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Nope. I think and he of will course, go. if he is, then the Patriots will trade up three spots, get him, and they set for the rest of the you know another decade. That's normally how things go for them, isn't it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> you are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, you can weigh in on our Twitter poll question. What should the Giants do with their fourth pick in the draft? Should they draft defense, draft offense, or trade down? We'll give you an update in a second. Right now, Gordon, let's, uh, before we hit the phones, let's talk a little bit about, about what the Jets are going to do. Absolutely. And it, it, it's interesting because they have done, I think, a, a decent job, Joe Douglas, and we'll find out you know, when they actually play. But I think he's done a decent job in trying to get some depth for his offensive line, which really needed, what's really need to be overhauled. So he's got some experience. He's got some depth, but he still needs to go in the draft. And there are a number, there are at least five or six really good O linemen in the draft, uh, that will be available at 11. And, uh, Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, Gordon seems to be, you know, among the best of those five. Yeah, you know, for them it's a little bit more up in the air because we don't know who's going to be at 11, right? I mean, there seems like there's these four offensive linemen that, not that they're all going to be the same, but depending on what you're looking for, it seems like there's going to be in those first 10 spots 
at least possible that those four guys are all off the board. Now, mm-hmm. if one of them lasts to the Jets, I think that probably has to be the the direction you go. Right? right. You, you can find offensive. Uh, you can find wide receivers later in the draft. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen. It seems like this year the class is very top heavy. So if you're not yeah. getting one of those four guys early on. It's going to be tougher. The other thing about offensive line that people sometimes, I don't know, I guess they forget it, is that it takes guys a little, it's a position where there's a bit of a learning curve. It takes a little while for you to really get up to speed. And and I would rather have that process play out now than get a couple more years down the road with Sam Darnold and have some, have to bring in somebody as a left tackle and and they have to have their learning curve then. So the, the quicker I can get that guy in there, um, is the better. So I think for both teams, it makes a lot of sense to go O-line. For the Jets, the only question is, is one of those four guys going to be there? Because if I'm them, much like the Giants, I need, I'd almost like for them to be able to trade down and still be able to get the guy they want and be able to get another pick because that's really what both of these teams need. They, they need to have a a massive upgrade in talent at multiple positions. It's not going to be like one draft, even as great as Joe Douglas might be. He's not going to solve all the problems of the Jets in one draft. No, and he needs more picks. And and, and as you mentioned, the more picks you have, the more chances, a better margin for error that you have. Mm-hmm. And and look, the Jets know how to do this because that's how they did it before. When they drafted DeBrickashaw Ferguson and Nick Mango, they also brought in Alan Fanica from Pittsburgh. And he mm-hmm. was near the end of his career, Gordon, but he still did a nice job run blocking. And, and was a decent pass blocker, and he was the guy who showed these guys, okay, this is how you be nasty at the point of attack. This is what you do with your hand placement. He taught them the business of the offensive line, and which points to your your analysis of that's why you want with the learning curve that helps the learning curve. You got some veteran guys in there. You give them a couple of, you know, a couple of plays. You see what happens, especially this year, Gordon, because we're really not sure how this season is going to play out. So all your draft guys that you have, they're going to have to have a quick learning curve, you know, because already they're behind. All right, because we haven't, you know, we don't know what the 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 uh, you know the off season workouts are going to be. We don't know about rookie minicamp. We don't know about OTAs. We don't know about any of that stuff right now. So they could be, depending on how things work out, they could be at a disadvantage. So you would like to have some veterans in there that's going to help you with that learning curve and the, uh, to make the transition to the National Football League. I guess the one thing is, is if if Gase sees one of these receivers, Judy, whoever and sees this guy as a clear-cut difference-maker, top three at his position, I could see the internal struggle. You know, yeah, we want to improve the offensive line, but we already spent a little bit of money there. You know, we don't have a whole lot of receivers. Robbie Anderson's out, but we have to give Sam some sort of weapon there. And I could see the temptation of a wide receiver being there because I don't think it's as pressing as the line. But it's a need. It's yeah. pretty clearly a need. It is. Oh, there's no question that's a need. And listen, he, as an offensive genius, which is he was billed to be. Uh, quarterback whisperer. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So yes, if he wants to whisper into his quarterback, uh, he, he can whisper He can whisper a little longer if he's got a better offensive line <laughs> to give him a yeah. chance to let these guys get, you know, get into the secondary. And here's the other thing, Gordon, as, as we've talked about, um, norm, uh, numerous times here. This is a deep wide receiver draft. I mean, yeah. you, you've got some veterans there. I understand you want to have your top playmaker could be in the draft, but you can't do this. For, I'm hoping that Douglas and see this is going to be the, like who who's really 
in yeah, control of the draft? Absolutely. Is it Douglas or is it Gase? You know, like we're not really sure. But but I'm hoping that Douglas will have enough votes on his side <laughs> to to tell Gase, you know what? We'll get you your receiver. I promise you, we'll get you your receiver. Uh, but you have to wait a little bit later. That's all. We need to solidify this offensive line because, listen, as you mentioned, you want uh, Sam Darnold to show you some signs of improvement. And he's not going to be able to show you signs of improvement if he can't believe that he's got time enough to get the ball downfield. It causes him to rush his throws, and he throws off his back foot. And we saw that a number of times last season, where he was throwing off his back foot, which led to interceptions and and bad and you know bad judgments and bad turnovers. Yeah, um, I mean, look, it's the best, it, it, especially for the. I think more so for the Giants, right? Like because what are the two major decisions that Dave Gettleman has made? He made the huge decision to go out and get Saquon Barkley. And mm-hmm. then last year with the sixth pick, he went out and got Daniel Jones. Yep. And what what decision can he make this year that will make that those two decisions look as as good as they can? And that would be to solidify the offensive line. So I think it's more pressing there. What will mm-hmm. be truly interesting is if we get to the eleventh pick in the draft, and one of those offensive linemen is still on the board, mm-hmm. and the, the the receivers are still you know Rugs or uh, the kid Lamb from Oklahoma. Or you know some other guys are still available to see which direction because that I, I, I it might not be true, but it feels like for a whole lot of people it will feel like that will be an indicator that who's really running the show with the Jets. Yes, whether or not it is true or not. You're right. That 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 will tell us a lot. As you mentioned, if we see wide receiver, uh oh. <laughs> Especially, well, look, if they go receiver and the and all the linemen, Becton's off the board and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm trying it's to think they were all off the board. That's okay, different. fine, right? I mean, you might say, all right, well, we really wanted an offensive line, but we're not going to reach for one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So let's get Sam. It's been the mo- since the moment they drafted Sam Darnold, everything has been about with the Jets, whether it's right or wrong, has been we got to do this for Sam, we got to yeah. do that for Sam, Sam, yep. Sam, 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 Sam. True. So if, if if all the offensive linemen are off the board, you'd have to think it's at least some sound reason to say, look, we could really use a receiver here if Judy's there or Lamb's there or Ruggs is there. I could see that, but if one of those of the you know say I think Andrew Thomas seems like the guy who could still be around when the Jets pick. If Andrew Thomas is on the board and they still go receiver, that, uh, I think that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows with some with some Jet fans. And uh, a lot of tempers as well. <laughs> well, the one thing that Joe, the best thing that Joe Douglas has going for him is that he's not Adam Gase, right? Like, we don't that's really right. know what Joe Douglas is going to do. We think he's going to be good because of his time yeah. in Philadelphia, and he seems right. like he knows what he's doing. He's well-respected around the league. Mm-hmm. But the best thing he's got going for him is he's not Adam Gase. That's right. That, that, that is the case. And of course, his tutelage in Baltimore helps him out too. So you got that plus mm-hmm. what he did in Philadelphia. You, you know, for your, as, as a Jet fan, you feel, you know, you feel a little more confident than you have in a while with, with what you're looking at at your general manager. So, but you know, we'll all find out on draft night. Pedo Love 124 Gordon says on Twitter, Giants need a few more pieces to fortify the team and trading down will put them in the best position to get what they need and then some. The good thing is they have the essential positions field for years to come, quarterback, running back, etc. How do you answer our poll? What should the Giants do with their fourth pick in the draft? Should they draft defense, draft offense, or trade down? You can answer us on Twitter. You can answer us on the phones, 1-800-919-3776. And Jet fans, we want you to call us on the phone as well and give us your thoughts. How nervous are you that the, the uh, 
future Pro Bowl offensive lineman could be available. And Adam Gay says, give me the wide receiver. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. What's this with you and Ozark? What's going on? What, what's happening so, here? I don't know if you've seen this television show. I have Larry. not. It's on uh, Netflix. Not. It's uh, mm-hmm. called Ozark, Jason Bateman, uh, Laura yeah. Linney. It's about mm-hmm. uh, a family that is uh, uh, funneling money, uh, you know, cleaning money uh, for the uh, for the mob. And, okay. uh, it's in its third season. And uh, it, look, it's fine. If you like it, what do you care if other people don't like it? My mm-hmm. problem was... I watched the first season. I got sucked in. I love Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, to me, he's one of those guys that if I if I see him in something, I'll give it a shot. I find him very believable. I think he's a good actor. He can kind of do anything. So I gave it a shot that first year. And, I, you know, I was let down. It was a disappointing season. It's very dark, you know. But after that first season, it's a show that does big, splashy things. Hmm. Each episode, there's these big, supposed to be shocking twins. Oh, my God, I never saw that come. Meanwhile, it, it, it tends to, for me, kind of gets my eyes rolling a little bit. But I watched it the first season. It wasn't for me. Okay, fine. But the first season came out, and everybody was raving about it, raving about it. So I like to see things from both sides. So I mm-hmm. gave the second season a chance. And the second season, they had some opportunities where I said, oh, you know what, maybe this show won't be that. But then by the end of the second season, I said, no, this show is not very good. So then I'm quarantined, right? I'm in my house. I got nothing to do. I didn't come up with the jigsaw puzzle idea until today. So I said, you know, let me watch this, this, you know, Ozark that everybody's raving about. So I get done with it. And again, it's the same old story. And I don't care. Like, if you like the show, that's fine. My problem is, is that people say it's the greatest show it's among the greatest shows of all time it's right up there with breaking bad and it's clearly not the case and what it really shows you is that people don't actually know why good shows the great shows of all time are the great shows and it has to be about the characters it's not just about doing crazy things in the plot. Anybody can do crazy things in the plot. You have to care about the characters. The characters on The Sopranos, you cared about Tony Soprano, even though he was a bad guy. You cared about him. Walter White on Breaking Bad, even though he was a, a, a terrible person, mm-hmm. you kind of rooted for him in some strange way to get away with it. Ozark doesn't have any of those characters, even though the actors, the two main actors, are excellent. The material itself is just its not up to par. So I, I tweeted out, you know, that I had finished season three yesterday, and what a completely overrated show. You would think that the people responding to me were in the show Ozark. <laughs> you would think that it was Jason Bateman that was yelling at me. Canty, yes. Chris Canty didn't like what I had to say. Apparently, Rick DiPietro didn't like what I had to say today. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're just stirring it up. You who normally bring people together. I, I look. I'm about bringing to people you? together, and it's about the fact that the show is not that good a show. It, the, look, if you like it, that's fine. Everybody has guilty pleasures that they like, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's it's when you talk about the great shows of all time, mm-hmm. Mad Men, uh, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why those shows are the great shows, and what it really shows me is that a lot of people don't really know why those shows were that good and why they liked them. They just like the big, splashy things to happen. 
So if mm. you're looking for big splashy things to happen, and they're so predictable. Oh, Larry, they're so predictable. Are they really? Oh, they're so predictable. There's one big plot twist. It's not mm-hmm. even a plot twist. It's like a surprise at like the end. Mm-hmm. It's so telegraphed that you're saying, when is this going to happen? Like, there's only four minutes left in the episode. There's only three minutes left in this episode. It's going to happen soon. And sure enough, it happens in the last minute. Wow. I don't want to give anything away because Ty Butler, who's running the board tonight, he has not finished the season. Oh, okay. But if I if he had seen the if he had concluded it, I would have I would spoil it. But. So so in other words, you're saying to me, if you were recommending it to me, what would you say? I would say there are better things on Netflix to watch. Narcos, which is also a Netflix original, by far a better show. Create characters that you care about. Sometimes it takes a little while for that show to get going. But when that show ramps up, boy, it, I mean, you get to, to me in this day and age of technology, for it to be a good show, you have to get done with one episode and say to yourself, you know what? I got to watch another one right now. I got to mm-hmm. watch Narcos is that kind of show. There's a TV show called Mindhunter uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix. By far a better show. So much better done. Surprising twists, characters you care about, characters you like. Uh, and uh, to me, those two are clear cut. Oh, so much better. You know what? Ozark was much like uh, what was that show with? Um, oh, geez, what was the actor's name? He's been he's kind of been uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. When House of Cards came out, people were like, "Oh my goodness, it's Kevin Spacey!" Oh, and they didn't realize that the character. It's not. It's not one of those premier shows that matches up. It's fine if you like it, go watch it. Who cares? But mm-hmm. don't match it up against the great shows of all time. And the funny thing is, is that Canty, who got all upset at what I had, you know, what I tweeted out, later agreed with me that it was not. Well, it's not one of the great shows of all time. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not one of the great shows of all time. It's overrated. I'm not saying it's terrible. I watched mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. I won't watch a season four. They're not sucking me in a fourth time, Larry. <laughs> They're not going to get me a fourth time. Unless we're still in quarantine and I'm looking for material. And and then, then you'll give them another shot. I'll give them one more chance. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like Delta House in the Animal House. That's it. We're just one looking more for shot. one more chance. <laughs> one more chance. Back to the phones. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 9870 ESPN. What's going on, fellas? Hey, Mark, what's, what's up? up? All right. Gordon, you're obviously hooked on the show. But anyway. No, it's terrible. <laughs> um, Look, sometimes you do things for material for the show, right? I don't have any baseball to talk about. I can't break down any of that. So I knew that everybody's going to be watching this Ozark, and I had to have reasons for I can't go into it and say it's terrible, and then people will say, well, did you watch it? And I'll say, no. Oh, well, you didn't even watch it. So I, I did. I went and watched it. It was terrible. Yeah, denial is a big river in Africa. Anyway, um, I almost jumped off of my bed. When when I heard that Tim Tebow said, <laughs> I can't. Tim Tebow says, I got traded to the Jets. I'm not even. That that says it all for me right there. Uh, that's it. There's nothing else to say, Mark. That's it. That says it all. That's, that's, that's it. Oh my god. Both well, in laughing. fairness, People he was kind of making it. fun of himself in that in that cut too. Like he was making fun of the Jets, but you know what do you expect? Oh, it, it's absolutely hilarious. It's really it was good. I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I'll just keep laughing through my call. So, uh, okay. So 
I'm one million percent comfortable with my Jets defense, my beloved Jets defense, and my beloved Jets defensive coordinator. And and uh, CJ is back. I can't wait to see him play. And, and all of those good things, wonderful accolades I have to say about my defense that I wouldn't trade for nobody else. However, however, offensively, I, I believe I believe two things. I believe, as I told you last year, Larry. Adam Gaze has to put in the work. When he when he does that, we have a chance to win, as he showed in the second half of the season. I, that's the only good thing that I could really say about him because I think his pass-happy offense doesn't work, and, and his track record proves it. But when he puts in the work and he decides to commit to running the football, I think he showed in Miami, and he showed some of last year here that all of a sudden it seems like he has a little bit more continuity and a grasp of what's going on instead of looking at that big flyer paper thing we did yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I have offensively is this. See, I, I remember when I was a kid, I read this book called The Emperor's New Clothes, right? And mm-hmm. it was this naked king running through town, and, and all everybody was afraid the king would kill them if they said he didn't look great in his new clothes. And this little kid said, and why is that guy naked up there? So, point being, I keep hearing excuse after excuse. Look, the offensive line is so terrible. The the play calling is so terrible. I need to see two things. I need to see Adam Gaze put in the work, and I need to see Sam Darnold play better. It's just that simple to me. I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I don't mind my defense one bit. I think we can be in any game with anybody. But until Gaze starts to... Uh, use Le'Veon Bell more and commit to the run uh, because all the guys are 300 pounds. I mean, it's just a matter of what are you going to commit to? He even said, Joe Douglas even said, well, we got to get some guys that can protect Sam. That's not an offensive-minded football uh, 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 attitude. You, you, look, we're going we're gonna to get some road pavers and we're going to commit to running the ball. Let Sam get play action and throw the ball. And, 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 and like the winning teams do. You know, Mark, so, that's... So, that that that's a great point, my friend. Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for the phone call. Good talking to you again. Um, you know, listen, Gordon. The frustrating thing is the lack of versatility with the offense, and whether you want to uh, protect, whether you feel you need to do some other things to protect Sam or get some other things going. The bottom line is you need to be more versatile. I understand that this is a pass passing league, but you know, last time I checked. If your offensive line is struggling, that's why you have a tight end. That's why you can have a guy like Le'Veon Bell who you can put in the slot and throw the ball, get rid of the ball quickly until you get your offensive line going. A, the, 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 the biggest issue for me, Gordon, was very simple. It's like he gave up. There were many options that me and I – look, I will tell you, Adam Gase, is, Adam Gase knows more football than I do, especially offensive football with formations and, and plays and everything like that. But it just seemed like he was frustrated and like, you know what? This is the way I want to do it. He's not doing it this way. Well, he's going to do it this way till I get it done. That's not how you win football games. And you know what else? I, I, I In year two of Adam Gase that I can't take, because I saw this for three years in Miami, mm-hmm. is when things go wrong on offense or the team's on defense. The team's defense is out there. Mm-hmm. He's off by himself. Yeah. yeah. He's off right. sitting on the bench by himself. Yep. 
Yep. Like, I mean, you talk, I'm not a big believer in optics or this is a bad look or, you know, explain it to me why it's bad. Don't just tell me it's a bad look. That is the, imagine your boss, right? You're in the middle of doing something, whatever your job is, and things go wrong in whatever that job is. And your boss, when they go wrong, goes off by himself. Mm -hmm. And he's not explaining anything to anybody. He's sitting by himself drawing on his, on his chart. Yep. Go explore. You know, the game is still going on, my man. It is. You're the pilot of the, of the plane. You don't get to go and you just, eh, whatever. <laughs> autopilot. Yep. That's not, that's not, that's a different jet. That's not yeah, these jets. Exactly. 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 Before we go to break, Gordon, you mentioned that the guys earlier today were upset at you. Yeah, I didn't get to hear this. Well, we have it for you. We dug it up. Right. This is yep. with uh, uh, Rick DiPietro, Chris mm -hmm. Canty, and Dave Rothenberg, 10 to 1 here on 98.7 ESPN. Here's what they had to say about your opinion of Ozark. Gordon okay. Damer is officially now ESPN's new Skip Bayless. With his <laughs> oh, God, I wish. Like whatever it is that some pe that that people like a vast majority of people like, he'll go with the complete opposite. Like he'll take yeah, the complete contrary. opposite of it. Yeah, he's, a contrary. he's, he's that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. He's that guy. Like, that I hear, if, like I didn't hear one person. Can you? I mean, between the three of us, we we see and hear everything. Did you hear one person yesterday say that they actually liked the the horse vehicle? No, not one person. Not no, one. Except no, I did. Except Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless actually enjoyed it because <laughs> no one else did. Everyone I've talked to likes Ozarks except one person, mm -hmm. Gordon Damer. Mm -hmm. Not just dislikes it, thought it was thought it was trash. Yeah, awful. Not, said not he saw, and I didn't see it yet, I so said. don't ruin it. He saw the the big finale coming on episode five. He could have told you that, that was going to happen. Yes, of course he did. Because all of a sudden now he's Steven Spielberg. I mean, he's Gordon <laughs> no. Scorsese. Wow. I mean, look. First off, they completely. Did not get my, I didn't say that it was awful. I didn't say it was trash. I said it was overrated. Those words are not synonymous. So look, if, if Rick, Chris, and Dave would like for me to explain to them, because obviously they need, I didn't think it needed explaining. They're smart guys. But if they needed to be explained to them why it's overrated, I could certainly do that. All they have to do is call. I'm here. I'm doing jigsaw puzzles. I got plenty of free time. I'm just trying to bring people together. I, that's generally what I do, Larry. That's I don't know I'm what the horse vehicle case. was. What, what was that referring to? The horse vehicle? Uh, I guess that is, you know, the NBA had the horse, you know. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was talking about a horse car. No, no, I'm no, saying, no, what no, the no, hell? No. What? I really have missed the news lately. We got horse cars now? <laughs> the show is not that good a show. It's not. <laughs> it's overrated. That's all you're saying. Right. People are trying to put it up there with the likes of, you know, Breaking Bad or The Wire or The Sopranos. People, slow so, down. So when you say it's not that good, aren't you in essence saying it's trash? No, I'm not saying it's trash. If you like it, that you can go watch it. I sat through it. I watched it. There were some moments where I thought, okay, this is, this is going in a promising direction. But... Overall, when you're comparing, you know, and all the things, and I retweeted somebody who said, right, like right after Chris had said his thing, that's ridiculous. This season's the greatest season of all. If you're saying it's one of the greatest shows of all time, I'm sorry. 
You are wrong. What you're also saying is not that good of a show, which means you don't think it's well, a good it's show. Well, it's not that good based on where it's rated. That's People not what you said. It's one of the great shows of all time. That's no, not it's not that said. good. It's overrated. That doesn't mean that it's trash. All right, Skip. Look, wow. God, I w- uh, God, <laughs> uh, among <laughs> all the insults I have received <laughs> in my life to be called the next Skip Bayless, that's one of the nicest ones I've ever gotten. My bank account only wishes. Yeah, we, you'd be too big for this show, that's for sure. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I'll be doing jigsaw puzzles till the cows come home. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.